Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. Really excited for this podcast episode of my channel, Rewarding Conversations, because I am here with Brandon. Brandon is a co-worker of mine. Say hello, Brandon. Hello, everyone. That was nice. I like that. <laughs> it was like with a lot of confidence. Uh, so Brandon is a co-worker of mine. I've known Brandon for about two years now. Mm-hmm. And I asked Brandon, hey, are you not doing anything on this random Tuesday? You want to come on this podcast and he was like sure why not so much appreciated i'm glad you're here and you're the kind of you're kind of guy where we we've done it's interesting i was thinking about this we've done a lot of things outside of work but not a lot of like traditional friend hanging out things we've done things that have involved like things that i enjoy doing passions that i have that you've assisted me with and things like that but we haven't just been like hey let's hang out outside of work uh i don't know if that's a thing anymore is, is that a thing with like getting older and being like in your 30s well i'm in my 30s so um but just being like hey coworker, do you want to just hang out outside of work do you is that a thing anymore do you think it's, it's like you know as you get older there your 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 time is so limited that you have to like you have to budget everything so tightly that yeah, it's like absolutely. i have one thing in mind and i am going to do that thing you can participate in that with me <laughs> but you know, otherwise i you know i, I you have can to come home. along you can come along for the ride if you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like i'm not i'm not basing it around you but i'm doing this thing and you can come along if you want yeah um well speaking of coming along for the ride uh you just recently got back from florida uh, yeah. more specifically universal studios mm-hmm. so uh tell me about that experience i i know you're a fan you've been mm-hmm. a bunch of times how many yeah. times have you been oh my gosh i couldn't even tell you a number i mean i've been going yearly pretty much for the past five or so years it's a family tradition uh i mean it's 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 important to like my family just because we have been there like yearly pretty much like i said you know for uh five to ten years um it's just something that we always like to do we the the pop culture references that are there are just like really timeless for us but it's also just really important to me because i mean that was where I got engaged, and is the first engagement place. story. Yeah. All right, you can't just casually say that <laughs> without telling the audience what that meant for you. So, when was that? How long ago was it? And where did you do it at? Um, it was in 2019. So it was actually uh, two years and a month ago, almost to the day. Okay. Um, and I planned it that way. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had been dating. Um, Mackenzie is her name, uh, and we had been dating for just about six months by that time, uh, but we had uh, talked a little bit about, you know, well, our first tr- vacation together at all was just like she just tagged along to Universal with my family, <laughs> um, and uh, it was the first place we said I loved you to each other was in Universal uh, at the like Diagon Alley, like Harry Potter section of the park. TM uh and um we you know like we're both just Mackenzie and I have always gotten along with the same kind of pop culture stuff so it was you know it's not like we were like oh I love Harry Potter and you you can come (laughs) along for the ride exactly I love Harry Potter yes yeah yeah um but you know it was just like like with most of those kinds of like trips if you go to like a big place like that like if you go to the like the beach or you know universal or disney or you know wherever like you know there's like a lot it's just fun and exciting and stuff and i think that we just kind of bonded a lot there um and then in may 2019 we went back and i planned to like i was planning on proposing to her for like three months which meant i had decided i was going to marry her like two months into 
dating. I mean, when you know, you know. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's how it was with my wife, with yeah. M. I mean, you know M, but like yeah. that's exactly how it was. I I was on like date three and I went, okay, yeah, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's I never really viewed myself as someone like that. Yeah. But strange but ni- nice. Strange yeah. but nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like, you know, the it was it was really rewarding. But I pulled her to the side. Well, I knew she was gonna pull me to the side to say I love you again at the spot where we said I love you to each other for the first time. And so she was like, Come on, let's go over here. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, you know, she's like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too. And as she started to turn away, I, like held her in place, and I was like, No. And I I had like memorized a script because you know this, but I'm I act uh, as well. And so oh, like, we'll get into that. Yeah. I you know, I knew that if I tried to just wing it, I would just flop. <laughs> <laughs> any any good actor knows that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I just told myself, like, if I just memorize words when I inevitably black out, <laughs> then <laughs> the words will just carry themselves. And it and that I did because I mean I remember saying those words, but I don't yeah. remember the like most of the moment. Um but you know, I asked her and it was exciting. It's actually funny if you watch the video because we're outside of like the joke shop and you hear like toilets flushing as a joke, <laughs> but it's like, you know, we didn't notice that at the time. Very romantic. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we paid to fly her like family down and, and our friends and they kind of like surprised her. And so she didn't know that they were there until then. Yeah. No, they didn't. Whoa. She didn't know at all. And they like hid in an alley and it was funny pr- going up, to, like leading up to it because we got off the plane and I was in the airport bathroom, like on the phone with my parents. And I was like, <laughs> our friends just landed. And and like they landed at the same time as us, but they were supposed to be here two hours ago. And so my mom was like, uh, sh- she texted me or whatever and was like, I told them to, uh, to like go on through security. And I was like, and I had just told them to stay. And so I was like in the airport bathroom on the phone, like, like talking like crazy like a crazy person and but luckily you were in an airport bathroom so totally normal exactly totally normal i cannot believe i didn't get arrested because it was just like (laughs) no the plan's on get going (laughs) go go now go do not abort the mission yeah in a in an airport bathroom and no one reported me and i like run out of the bathroom and i'm like i'm like hey Mackenzie, i have to go to the bathroom for 45 minutes (laughs) and then two minutes later i come out of the bathroom and i'm like we gotta go now because they're waiting now and then you know we go to like walgreens for 30 minutes i'm like i need sunscreen but i'm not sure which one i want there's 45 brands like let's look at all of them yeah and she had like painted her nails and everything the night before and literally the day before she was like wouldn't it be romantic to get to get engaged in the harry potter park and I, i to this day she she insists she didn't know but i mean like you're like stop ruining everything yeah <laughs> i think that i mean like you think that she had an idea that you were going to i think yes but i think just more generally speaking women know more than they let us know <laughs> yeah i can agree with that my wife is much more perceptive and intelligent in general than yes. i am so mm-hmm. it's like oh are they just are they trying to tell me inadvertently that i'm doing a good job and they approve but they know what's going yes. on um i sort of feel that way all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And you can go now, Em. She's watching. She's watching. Yeah, she's yeah. watching over our shoulders. Yeah. Okay. So, thanks, honey. That's bye. approved. All right. <laughs> so I'm guessing she said yes. Yeah. And the whole family comes out, shows yeah. up. Was she genuinely like floored by that and surprised oh, by the yeah. whole family being there and everything? I mean, like, it's one of my favorite things to do is just revisit that video. I, I have to yeah. stop talking about video on an audio medium, but, uh, but I mean, she it she was absolutely stunned, and she said that like. 
she ran to her like best friend yeah. first and just like collapsed in a hug and she said that like i mean you can watch her for like a minute she just is so shocked that she like is shaking so much she can't stand so wow. she like kind of just lingered there so i mean fun. this is where you cue the the applaud button yeah. and everybody applauds mm-hmm. like if we had a studio audience here that's <laughs> a pretty cool story yeah my engagement story i thought was really sweet and nice but yeah. like feels like it pales and in comparison to I don't think you've told me this before. Well, I, I shall tell you and everybody that listens to this right now. Um, we took a trip out to California. I had had the ring for maybe like five or six months. And we this is years ago because Em and I have been married for about five and a half years now. So we took a trip out to California and we went ring shopping because I'm one of the things I'm very well aware of is I don't know anything or everything. Um, so... We kind of looked at some rings, and she said, oh, I kind of like this one. I kind of like this one. And I said, well, you know, I don't really have the funds to buy anything right now. But in actuality, I went the next day and bought the ring. So I had it for like five or six months. And we took a trip out to California for about a week. And I told our friends out there, hey, listen, I'm going to propose to M while we're out here. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't just be ready with your camera and pictures. And they were like, okay. So day one goes by, nothing. Day two, we go to Napa Valley. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to do this in Napa. <laughs> nothing just the moment didn't hit day three yeah. goes by four we're on day five of six now and i'm like what am i doing so we're driving up the coast of california and there is a beach called greyhound beach the sun was setting it was golden hour um i said hey let's pull off here and you know my friend mm-hmm. looked at me and just kind of was like yeah let's pull off here and so we're walking around on the beach and very oddly the thing about that is the weather is because the weather is always perfect, it's never like, oh, this is a perfect day. Let's go to the beach every day. It's like it can be January, June, December, yeah. like, and the weather is it's seventy five degrees. So oddly enough, when we went down on the beach, there was like nobody there. It was the beach was empty. There was a huge rock ledge that came out into the ocean, and the sun was right on the ocean, right on the horizon, and it was just so beautiful. There's a picture of us right there. You can see the picture. Um, that's a good picture. And I just said to her, very casually in my smooth way, you know how I am, <laughs> uh, I didn't get down on one knee or anything like that. That's not my style. Um, I just kind of took the ring out of my pocket. And I was like, so if you're not doing anything for the rest of your life, maybe like we could do this together. And she cried for like a few minutes. So I was like, <laughs> could you say like, yes or no? Like, are you <laughs> upset because your life is ending or are you happy? <laughs> like, what's going on? Are you about to like break my heart? Is that why you're upset? Uh, of course she said yes um, and our friends were there with the cameras and just snapping away and they took Mm -hmm. like a million pictures Um, and then that portrait up there that's actually all the way on the right that's what the beach looked like where we got engaged Um, my sister-in-law Amanda shout out to Amanda uh, she actually carved she made that she like that's burned wood and painted that yeah I didn't realize that until you said that yeah so that's a plank of wood and she like burned it and painted and all that but that is what the beach looked like where we got engaged so yeah, that's my engagement story. Dude, that's uh, romantic too. Yeah. Oh no, it was. See, that's my whole thing is, and I think you know me well enough to know, and and everybody in general, like people out there as well that are that are listening, everybody has different vibes. Every relationship has different vibes, um, and I yeah. I hear some things of how people do things, like going to Disney and doing all that. Never in a million years would that happen to me and M. But mm-hmm. like that was perfect for both of you because it's something you loved. You're yeah. huge Harry Potter fans. You loved being in that place together. You told each other you loved each other. That mm-hmm. place meant a lot to both of you. And just being casual on a beach at a sunset, that's 
that's a production for us. That's yeah. like perfect for us. Much more kind of simplified and broken down. But then again, we're the ones that went to the courthouse and got married. So we're <laughs> all about simplification. Yeah. Um, but it's always interesting that, you know, what people's stories are and everybody has different speeds and kind of what they like and don't like. So oh, yeah. um, getting back around to this trip, uh, how was the trip for you overall? We talked about it some. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about food. So that's a whole oh category that we can get. It. Yeah, exactly. Good response. Oh um, so do you want to tell the the viewers what your relationship with food is like? Your complicated oh relationship with my food? Re- yeah. So, okay. My relationship with food, my Facebook relationship with food is complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. So I have... I like I I would I would never consider myself a picky eater, but I because I like different kinds of foods and I like a lot of foods that a lot of people don't like. Like I've as far back as my memory goes, I've always liked sushi, and so good. Yeah, like you know, so um, like I, I like a lot of different foods, but the thing that people always laugh about is that I just I I'm really picky with like condiments. Yeah, I'm one of those people that laughed yes. about it. So everyone does, and so so like. I don't like almost any of them or sauces or anything like that. But um, how I've explained it before is that it really shakes out to be like how I grew up with food. Like I grew up, you know, when I got a burger, I just got it plain. And no so, cheese. Well, I got it with cheese, but like no no ketchup or yeah, no no ketchup, no no mayo, no mustard. Yeah. Um, like when I got a hot dog, it was just a hot dog or maybe a bun, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) if I'm feeling crazy. Um, so like at, at a certain point that that just became ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Like that's how you eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like, well, if, if I put on ketchup on a hot dog, then it's like, first of all, I don't like the taste, but that's, that's one thing entirely. It's also like. This is in my mind. It's like this. This hot dog is supposed to be a dry food. Why is it wet? <laughs> like, and so like, and because because my uh, my best man has has tried to break it down with me before because he's tried to like get to the root of it, and he's like, okay, so like spaghetti. Do you eat spaghetti with sauce? Yes, I eat spaghetti with like, you know, whatever kind of you know sauce that comes with meat sauce, you know, cheese sauce, whatever. But like, that's because that's a wet food. It's supposed to be wet. Yes. Okay. But like I've I've never had like like some other things wet, and so it's like a taste thing and a texture thing, and like that's just the foods. Like, don't even get me started with just like the dipping stuff. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I so, mean, the other day at work <laughs> at lunch, you were you were dipping. What was yeah. what were you dipping into ketchup? Tater and we tots. were tater tots, and we were all so proud of you. Yeah, um, because obviously tater tots should be enjoyed with ketchup or topped with everything you have in the house. Um, but you just eat them straight up plain, right? Because they're a dry food. That's they're a dry that's how food. it's. That's the. Base. I like how you've invented like a category of that's a dry food. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's a dry food. It's it's just like that's just how it's been locked in my mind. So like, Adam, what you're describing is the food renaissance that I'm on right now. Yes. And so I, after that, you, that universal trip, you know, I, when I was there, I ran into a lot of different problems where my family or my fiance or whoever, you know, we, we would all try to go out to eat and like yeah. everyone would get stuff and they'd all get appetizers and split them or they'd all get, you know, different things. And I'd be like, okay, that looks good. And, and I'm not like upset by it, you know, at all, but like, I would just watch them eat a lot 
I don't Jeez. mind it. But, it, you know, it's like um, it did get to a point where it was like I'm in the airport just like desperately trying to find anything to eat before we get on the plane because everything has like mayonnaise or ketchup on it or mustard or whatever. And it's just like I'm not going to be able to eat until 1 a.m. tonight. So I, I kind of made the decision to uh, – to just like go out on a limb, take some risks. And, you know, it's not like it's a big risk, but it's like, you know, just try things I haven't tried in years. Um, It's fun, but it's also like (laughs) weird, you know, like you said, um, and I had tater tots with ketchup the other day at lunch and it was like, we were uh, all so proud of you. It was, yeah, it It was was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Did not taste good. I could tell (laughs) your faces were just like, I don't like that. What's so strange is, it's not one of those like weird things like you're eating like some strange food or some a food from another country or culture or something yeah. like that. It's tater tots dipped in ketchup yeah. and yet it you genuinely you were approaching it like you were like worried and like afraid and like I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. I already know I'm not going to like it. And for everybody that like I know that I've ever met mm-hmm. in my life, that's just how you eat it. Like yeah. So it's really interesting that you have, like, I picture eating a hot dog just plain. And I'm like, yeah. why would I ever want to do that? And you're like, why would I put condiments on it? Yeah. So you don't like, like, so a chili, chili dog. No. Cheese do- like, But, like, here's where it gets weird. Like, oh, I it's like- already weird. <laughs> it, it hasn't, it's not going to get weird. It already here's is. Here's where it gets weirder. Um, like, I like chili mm-hmm. and I like hot dogs. But not together. But you together. can't combine them. Okay. Yeah. Like, um. The the weirdest example is like, I, I really like breakfast. Like I I love eating breakfast every day, and I like you know just like t- buttered toast. You know like just putting butter on toast. Obviously basic, but like if I'm eating a roll, like yeah. a dinner roll, I cannot put butter on that. Why? Because it's like now you're adding like a, dry food? a cold damp thing to this to this roll, and it's like. Why are you getting this in my? Why are like, you doing this to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and that's the weird thing. Like, I think that if I had, like, if I had had just like buttered noodles growing up, I probably wouldn't like spaghetti sauce. But I never really had that until I was like an, an adult, and I was going not an adult, but like you know, homecoming or prom or you know yeah. older, and it was like this is a side dish you can get, yeah. and I was just like, okay, that seems weird. But like reversed, it would be like. Oh no! Th- like you, you just have buttered noodles. Have you, have you proven yourself wrong at all during this little adventure? Have yeah. you tried anything and gone, "Oh, this is good. I like this." Yeah, my fiance is a big spicy foods fan. Mm, like yeah. she could, she could eat any of the spiciest foods you know that she comes across. Um, and I have well, one of the first things that I ever did was I try. I was trying. She's going to kill me if she hears this, but I was trying new foods for her and we got banana peppers like on our pizza. Oh, I love banana peppers. And I, I hated banana peppers, yeah. but like I got it like twice with her and now I love banana peppers. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I recently had nachos when we were in Universal and yeah. normally I don't like nachos either because it's like I can take chips and salsa and like dip them. Yeah. You know, like that's okay. Yeah. Which is again, like it sounds like I'm a hypocrite, but like, I don't know, I guess this is the w- the area where I'm picky. When nachos sit, they get soggy. The, yeah. 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 But like, I can get that. Those nachos that we had had jalapenos on them. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and I like grabbed a giant one. And my, everyone in my family was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't and, do that. And I was just like, you know, and I just went to town and I ate like, you know, the jalapeno. And I was like, this is good. And then last week for Father's Day, we uh, went to a place with her, her dad. And I got like a jalapeno burger. 
And so, if you do, you have a newly discovered enjoyment of spicy food. I, I don't know if it's or spicy a tolerance. Food. I think it's a tolerance. A tolerance, like yeah. you can handle it. Yeah, like I've always kind of been okay with spicy foods. Yeah, it's more so just been like most spicy foods have, in my experience, just come in the form of a sauce. Like you get spicy wings. Yeah, like know? a buffalo sauce yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'll go to a wing place and get hot sauce, and it's like this is okay i can i can stand this but it also is a sauce and it tastes nasty and it's wet and i don't like it so this begs the question i'm sure the audience members are dying to know what are your favorite foods (laughs) what are the foods that you actually enjoy eating i i like your Mm. face right now for everybody obviously that can't see you're really (laughs) pondering over there you're like going deep into the tank of thinking what are your favorite foods uh, quick shout out to Mama Kreitz's Christmas morning. Mama Kreitz. Uh, yeah, Mama Kreitz. Uh, now we have like Christmas morning dishes that are really good. Um, every year, uh, she makes this strata that just slams. Um, I really, I don't know. Like, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm not super picky over like everything else. Yeah. I could eat pretty much anything else that's like, you know not sauce it not sauced up or whatever like um i don't know i think i like sushi the most i hate yeah. to go back to that what, but what kind of sushi though are you like a spicy tuna that's or a, a salmon a shrimp yes that's a really good point because again being a hypocrite <laughs> it's like i like spicy tuna or spicy salmon and there's like a spicy mayo sauce that comes yes, on a lot there of is. and i like that I don't know what to but do with you. It. I don't know what to do with you. I think it's because <laughs> sushi is already kind of damp. <laughs> and so like This is what we've come to, it. Brandon. And you know what? It's already kind of it damp. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because like I don't like tempura flakes on my sushi and those are crunchy. And now it's like now you're making a wet food crunchy and that's just weird. Like you got to play in your your view is like you got to play in one world or the other. Know who you are. Don't yes. try to mix. Yes. So are you the same with textures? Like are you a texture person because for me, I guess my example is when I was growing up, I loved the flavor of coconut, but I could not eat coconut itself. Like yeah. coconut flakes or anything like cuz the texture just did not agree with me at all. But now that I'm older, um I actually really really like coconut. Mm-hmm. Um so are you a texture person at all? Kind of. Um, I think that I'm like that with, like, a lot of desserts. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've i never liked Jello. I love. There's always room for Jello. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's not bad, especially if you put, if you put vodka in it. But uh, <laughs> Shout out to the adults out there. <laughs> yeah. This is an adult podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, hey, I don't know. Jello's weird to me. Cause well, it's, it's like, very strange. It's just light. It's very strange. So, yeah. are have you ever had flan? I think I had it in high school. Yeah. I love flan. Yeah. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite desserts, but it's a big texture thing because it's very pudding. Like, you know, it's yeah. like a solid, but like when you cut into it and you eat it, it's like pudding. Yeah. Um, and I really like that texture. I really found myself to be like a, a texture person. I like mixing different textures where a lot of people say that they don't like that. Mm-hmm. Like if something is like a firm food, don't put something soft with it. Um, yeah. But for me, I really like mixing textures uh, to a certain degree. I, I do... The majority of cooking at home, and by the majority, I mean all of it. Um, <laughs> my wife does not cook, uh, but it balances because she cleans and I hate cleaning. So you got to have that balance. Yeah. So um, because Mackenzie is kind of a more, you know, your fiance Mackenzie is more of like a, yeah, I can eat, you know, whatever this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we got to talk about who does the cooking at home. Um, I cannot talk about this with you without mentioning uh, boiling water. Um, so quick story. Brandon told us the other day uh, that he attempted to boil some water and it took him a very long time to do. And I informed him that that was not correct uh, and that something went awire. Uh, but uh, that's that's a whole nother story for a different day. Uh, so uh, who does who does the cooking at home? Do you guys split it, or does she do the majority of the I cooking? Think that, I think you know the answer to that, and you set it up that I think the audience already knows the answer to that, too. I think they want to hear it. Obviously, I do not do the cooking. Okay, good to know. I For I Mackenzie's safety, yes. you don't do the cooking. Yeah, like I, I will cook food every now and then. You know, I'll make like spaghetti, Yeah, <laughs> even if it takes me an hour and 45 minutes to boil the water. And <laughs> Which Mackenzie, is not a thing. Yeah, my fiance will be like, thank you for dinner, and I'll be like, no. Don't thank don't you. Thank me. Don't encourage this bad behavior no. of me cooking. Yeah, you have uh, to survive. What kind of food. stuff do you like that she makes? Like, what kind of stuff does she I mean, make that you really enjoy? Everything. She's she's a really good cook. I've heard I that mean, from you before. Like, no, no bull. Like, you you yeah. said off mic that like she's a really good cook and you like her cooking. Yeah, like she's not a professional chef. Like I like you're I uh, you know like you're a chef. I have other friends who are like actual chefs. She's not like a chef, but like anything she tries, she she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Um. Like if she just did more dishes she could work yeah. in a restaurant like you know like she's really good does she bake or does she just cook she does not well yeah she bakes because that's Christmas my whole thing and stuff yeah like that. that's my whole thing i can i will cook every single day yeah. i can cook three meals a day um it's creative it's adventurous you taste and alter mm-hmm. and uh shout out to everybody out there that cooks at home um you you know what i'm talking about uh, but i do not bake baking is yeah. too much science it actually makes me nervous to create something and put it in the oven and go all right i gotta walk away for a half hour and i hope it turns out well but if it yeah. doesn't i have to start all over that part drives me crazy i can't wrap my head around that so mm-hmm. people that can bake i have so much respect and appreciation for it because i have no patience for it and it really makes me nervous yeah yeah that's like what i struggle with with cooking is like i've always been told just you know just follow the instructions but like you know i'm trying to like make like mac and cheese and i you know like it's like you know all right add what like eight quarts of water or you know whatever it's like or like it's like eight cups of water or something like that i forget um but you know it's like that is an asinine amount of water for like a tiny little thing of craft mac and cheese that's stupid but you follow the directions exactly because that's that's what i've been told and you know like you know people are like oh well if you can't cook it's not hard just follow the instructions and i'm like okay and then I but do. But the instructions don't make sense. Yeah, and yeah. then it takes me an hour and a half to boil water. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not this doing great. this wrong. It's just... I'm sure some people are going to listen to this and go, what is he talking about? But there will be people that listen to this that go, yeah, I get yeah. it. I'm the I'm same. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm with um, you, people. So team Brandon, if you don't <laughs> like to cook. Team Adam, if you do enjoy cooking. Yeah, let's get the uh, hashtag trending. Yeah, let's get the uh, hashtag team Brandon, team Adam, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. But um, I, I want to kind of go back to uh, something you touched on earlier. You talked about how like you are kind of like... Uh, I guess would you describe yourself as kind of nerdy, geeky, like whatever? And I mean yeah. that in a in a positive way because you know nerdy, geeky people are running the world right now and changing yeah. the world. So best possible way. Shout out to all you people out there. Yeah. Um. You know. So what are you know? You've talked to me about some things that you're into, and I know you're really into like Harry Potter. Um. I know that you're you're into kind of a lot of those things. But one thing I specifically, rather than ask you, I want to touch on this because this is very fascinating to me. Is 
All right, let's talk about D&D, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. So for everybody out there that doesn't know Dungeons & Dragons, very old school game. It was played like decades and decades ago. It was very popular. Yeah. Um, and I feel like personally the show Stranger Things mm-hmm. really brought it back into prominence, like heavy prominence. Um, so talk to me about your experience with that because I had – it's interesting. Uh, actually, since I have met you, I have now feel like I've met a lot of people that are into D&D. Um, one yeah. of my actually really good friends, um, Lynn, is into D&D. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's interesting to me that I feel like I've met more people and and explored more about that. And when you first told me about that, I'm going to be honest, my first thought was like, <laughs> okay, that's that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, kind of nerdy. Um, but but you described it to me and your role in it. Um, and and. So the thing that you that I listened to that you were a part of, what what uh what role did you have in that? What is it, what is that called? What person is? Yeah. That? So if I can just like give a yeah yeah really give the backstory give the yeah give the crash course and everything. So the, if if you've never, I mean, you've probably heard of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a role playing game where it's almost like a board game, but it's literally just like playing pretend with more rules. Um okay. and the it's uh, the best way to describe it is collaborative storytelling where a group of people all write a story together um but it's mainly overseen by one person who's called the dungeon master or the game master yeah um that was will in yeah stranger in things. stranger things yeah. yeah um and they typically like will keep track of the overarching story or some people like me like write our own stories um but i uh, for what you're referring to was my I guess the third campaign, third story that I've been in, but really like second time I was ever the dungeon master. Yeah. Um, I wrote a story uh, and uh, I had seven players play with me, which was so many. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not like a wild number, but it is a lot more than most groups. Um, But it was just like, you know, our, our friends and our family and we all played and um, like, I mean, as players, they did an amazing job just yeah. really r- helping write the story and, mm-hmm. and, and taking it in directions that you did not expect it to go. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of struggling with how to conclude the story. And I had gotten into Dungeons and Dragons from a podcast and I have recorded things uh, from my previous work with like, what, what podcast was that? It's a. It's called the Adventure Zone. The Adventure um, Zone. Okay. Yeah. Shout I, out Adventure Zone. Yes. If 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 you listen to any podcast, make it this one, and then followed by. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Followed by the Adventure Zone. Um, specifically the first arc called Balance. Um, and I had listened to that and was blown away by it. And so when I was wrap, wrapping up my own s- campaign, yeah, I had the idea to just record a podcast episode, basically. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and um, I wrote the script. Um, and it was actually super liberating to be able to write something in for Dungeons and Dragons that couldn't be changed because that's yeah. like the most stressful thing about yeah. DMing is like I'm gonna write this, but if you know if a player just says no, they they can do that. Yeah. So, but you know, I wrote the I wrote the finale, put some music over it, recorded it and, and myself, um, edited it, mixed it, and you know sent it to the players and yeah. wrote a good conclusion. And you know, I polled them. I asked them what they would ask, what they would envision their characters doing yeah. kind of in the future. So I, I didn't just take that decision away from them, but you know, they told me, Oh, I, I think my character would be really interested in writing the laws for this new form of government or like 
my character is more in the private sector and they're not interested in laws or like my character would want to help rebuild with the military. And so you took their thoughts and kind of ran with it. And, yeah. And kind of made the story. So, all right, I have to say this. Uh, Brandon and I, we have a we have a good relationship at work. We we joke around with each other. We mess with each other. We poke at each other. And, you know, that, that's just what we do. So, but all BS aside, you allowed me to listen to that ending that you recorded. And I told you, like, right after I listened to it, I was like, man, I know nothing about this world. I know nothing mm-hmm. about this story. And I got, like, choked up listening to it. It was a phenomenal, like, wrap-up of the story. The way you presented it, like, your tone of voice and, mm-hmm. like, how you approached it was so good. And that was actually the first thing that made me think, like, I would like to have him on a podcast that I'm going to do. <laughs> um, because it was it was really, really good. And that was the thing that actually made me more interested in Dungeons & Dragons. Because you kind of, the way you described it is it's a lot of just, like, it's storytelling. You're yeah. developing this world. You're creating this world. And you're doing it with people. And sometimes these people go along with your vision and sometimes they don't Um, and and things can get complicated and chaotic, but it's an adventure. It's a real like adventure. So where, where did this come from? Where did your enjoyment of this world and this game come from? Is this something relatively new or is this from an early age? Like how, how did, how did that seed happen? It was, you know, I think that kind of like with food, I think that, I, I, you know, there have just been periods of my life where, like, I've just kind of tried new things and, like, discovered new things. Yeah. And really, not like, not like it's a fad, but, like, really branched out and kind of, you know, spread my wings and, like, tried a new yeah. thing. Um, I, you know, as I briefly alluded to, I had listened to that podcast, uh, the, the Adventure Zone, and that was just a live play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And those kinds of podcasts are so popular right now with, like, that critical role um there's like hundreds of them literally yeah and um but that was just the first one i listened to and it made me realize that you can tell you can get a couple of friends together and tell a really fun story yeah in a really cool way that is all yours and you can share that kind of experience with people who are close to you yeah and the problem for me was that i couldn't find anyone you know dming is hard you know, especially if you're writing your own story. And so I took it upon myself to DM. And I, my first one was just DMing the, the Adventure Zone story. Like I just looked at someone put notes online and I just did it. And it was hard, but it was much easier yeah. than my second one, which was, um, I mean, I played as a player in a campaign for a couple weeks. Um, but then I had this group of people who was like, I, we want to play. And I was like, okay. So I dropped out of the other one and started writing my own story based on a world from Again, I'm unashamedly nerdy for, oh, based on a world called Ravnica, which is a setting in Magic the Gathering. Um, but, you know, it was just a fasc- fascinating world that was very well built um, with digestible characters and di- digestible areas. Um, and I, I've always kind of, want, I've always wanted to get into writing, but never envisioned myself doing it this way. And just, I wanted to r- write a story about a group of people who get wrapped up into... You know, uh, uh, a situation that they did not want to be in, um, and I made my villain, you know, like my my big baddie, kind of like morally gray. Where it's this city that was overseen by like ten guilds, but she, but the villain was like um, fighting to rebel against them. And it, you know, I I made my players think if she's actually the bad guy, uh, the the you know the villain, and it was just like 
it was just awesome to to be able to write that. And I think that through D and D, I got more into writing and voice acting, and uh, you know, just acting itself. You know, it, it, I tried different accents. I tried different writing styles. I yeah. You know, I, I and you know, it was just this whole other. It's it's so much more. It's it is very nerdy, and, and you know, like I think that people wouldn't really argue that with you, but it you can like people use D and D to like explore different aspects of their creativity i know people who play D as a player and they might be gender non-conforming and they'll try out a bisexual character or a character yeah. of the opposite gender and they find solace in that yeah it's for sure. it's 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 That's world amazing. building it's yeah. it's it's role playing and it's you know really fun and, and really creative yeah um i had a friend that recently described it to me as um a, a way to explore and sometimes even discover things about yourself that you didn't know um, because you can allow, you can sort of funnel yourself through your character. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, maybe you got this stuff inside of you that you haven't talked about or these thoughts about yourself. And rather than say it out loud about yourself, if you don't feel like you have a safe environment, you can say, why don't I just make my character this way and see how this feels? Oh, wait, everybody in the group accepts my character for exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll accept me for exactly who I am. Um, I had somebody that actually like said something yeah. like that to me, and yeah. I was like, whoa, that is powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thing because uh, using the terminology like nerdy and stuff, right? Like this is me dating myself. I'm in my mid-30s. When I was growing up, um, you know, it, it was, you know, what's the whole stereotype about a nerd, right? Like the glasses, socially mm-hmm. awkward, things like that. But now we live in a world where not only are quote-unquote nerdy people um, yeah. you know, social and, and go to gatherings and get involved in things. But like they're, you know, a lot of the nerdy people are running the world. They have yeah. changed the world. They've altered the way that we live. Um, so I'm very fascinated in that aspect of, you know, were you a traditionally kind of nerdy kid growing up or were you more of a social kid? Did you keep to yourself? Um, this kind of nerdiness that you have about you, has that always existed, but you've been a social person or were you kind of a more of a keep to yourself kind of kid? I was, I was definitely social, yeah. um, but never in the right groups, you know, right in quotes, yeah. because um, my high school was very clicky and um, I never really like s- fit into just one click. Yeah. Like I had friends who were in the band and I had friends who played sports and I had like, I skateboarded, but I wore Hollister. You know, I was like, wildly all over the kind place. of a chameleon yeah yeah and it wasn't because like i'm not saying like i was the most popular kid in school and everyone wanted to be yeah, my friend because yeah. that's not true at all but like i just always i've always liked what i like mm-hmm. and sometimes you know like obviously growing up at you know as a high schooler like sometimes i felt ashamed of it or like you know maybe i shouldn't talk about this stuff yeah but i think that like I was really born in a good time where like I got to watch Sam Raimi's Spider-Man for like my, you know, birthday and yeah. it was like cool. Yeah. And now, you know, I get to go out to see the Avengers movies with my friends and it's like I, you know, that's cool. Oh know? yeah, highest grossing movie ever. Yeah. Ever, you know. Yeah. So it's like that the the people that make those films and run those studios like describe themselves as the nerdy kids growing up. Yeah. And now they're making the highest grossing films ever and the biggest box office this and changing the world that way. And yeah, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of like really well-known actors and musicians and things like that are much more outspoken about, yeah, I was bullied in school or mm-hmm. I didn't fit in in school. Or, I wasn't in this circle or that circle. So 
that part is really cool. Mm-hmm. Seeing people kind of stand up and change things and and doing that, I was sort of similar in that like I wasn't by far the most popular kid or anything, but I kind of strolled between different groups. I didn't ever put any particular group down or think that I belonged to any one group. I guess maybe that's a better way of saying it. I didn't think I belonged to any one group because I was interested in a lot of things. I was interested in schoolwork. I was interested in sports. I was interested in like, all right, well, these like kind of quote unquote goth kids, like why, what are they interested in? Like I was just interested in learning about people. Um, So that was kind of a, a big thing with me. And for me, something I, I have to touch on, you mentioning it, you know, you mentioned like the, you know, kind of musical theater kids. Anybody that knows you knows that you have a passion for music. You have a real mm-hmm. passion for music. Um, and I give you a hard time about it at work because it's just so much fun. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, you do have an extensive background with music and mm-hmm. a very particular kind of music. Um, so tell the audience about um you know, the music that you love, obviously, but what you were really heavily involved with. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, my music, my music interest in involvement started in high school. I started doing drum lessons only because my I was constantly hitting things, like, not violently, but drumming. Like just humans? You yeah, were just, just hitting people. humans in general? Yeah. Uh, got, you know, arrested a few times. Yeah. Uh, the normal. Yeah. Everyone does. Uh, but no, I was, you know, I, I just on the encouragement of my my family they were like you should just pick up drumming lessons so i started that but then i mean that was pretty much all i did in high school and i didn't really get involved much and when i went to college um i drove i commuted for like a 15 minute drive there and back for like a year or two and then i moved to a campus you know an off-campus apartment and i really missed i would just sing on the drive to and from yeah campus and um I kind of missed singing once I moved on to campus. And as I was walking through the student union, some guys were like packing up their stuff at a table and they were like, Hey, do you like to sing? And I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. And they were, and they were like, here, you should audition. And it was for, um, I went to the university of Akron and, and they were from nuance, which is their all male acapella group. And shout out to nuance. Yeah. I've heard their name a lot. Yeah, for real. Um, and I, <laughs> I think like later that week, I auditioned. Um, I had to bring a song and a joke, and um, I, I mean, it, again, it's it's important to say I sang in like middle school choir for yeah. like a song. But I like, was going to ask that. Song. So you didn't have like a musical career no. leading up to college where you were like, I'm prepared for this. You did it personally, but this was something completely new for you. Yeah, like it was literally just like I liked songs and I would sing them in the car, and yeah. that was it. And so I went to audition, and I was terrified. I mean, like at this point in my life, I was I had so much stage fright; it was it was indescribable. And I, I again, it was almost like it was almost like what I'm doing with food and what I'm what yeah. I'm doing with. Uh, you know what I did with D and D, where I like just forced myself to take pushed a risk, it. pushed yourself, and and just and I and I went in and I auditioned. I sang "Hey Soul Sister" by Train. There you go. It was such a good song at the. T- I mean, it is still, but it oh was yeah, so popular I love Train. Time. Train, yeah, great live band, so good. Oh really? I'd love to see them. They're really good. Yeah. Um, but I I sang that and they had me read music. Yeah. I, I don't know how to read music. I mean, I read dr- oh, wow. drum notation. Yeah. But it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, I understand sure. when it goes up, you know, it goes up, and when it goes down, it goes down, you know. Um, it turned out that it was just a scale <laughs> later on, and <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh. But 
Um, but you know, I, I did the audition and as soon as I walked out of the room, I collapsed on the ground. My legs were shaking so hard and I was so scared that I like, I just collapsed. I like crawled around the corner so they wouldn't see me. And I just had to sit there for like half an wow. hour. I was I mean, so when scared. you say crippling. Yes. Okay, so uh, to bring everybody up to uber speed of what's happening right now, uh, Brandon at work gives presentations and does a really good job of it. So um, you, you've clearly gotten over Thank that, um, at least somewhat. But I have to ask, because I'm always very interested in how people overcome their fears. What is there a certain thing you think about? Or like, because I know people that say, I can't do that. No, no, literally, I can't do that. I won't do that. What got you to step into that room and do that? Man, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what made me step into the room to audition. I think it was like partially just curiosity if I would make it. I Because I had sang before. Yeah. Never in any kind of professional setting or anything. But, you know, people had told me I had a good voice before. And so I think I was kind of lifted up by that. And I was just thinking, if I go in here and I get it, then maybe I I do have this. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I really hope I get this because I don't even think I, I was sure if I wanted to do it. Because, I mean, yeah. clearly I was, like, physically, yeah. you know, a wreck from the nerves. But, like, you know, I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to do it. And I remember calling my mom on the way home and being like, I just auditioned for an acapella group, and she was, like, astounded. Yeah. And I even told her, I was yeah. like, I don't know if I'm even going to do it if they offer it to me, but... I just wanted, I just had to try. I just had to do something. Did you feel proud of yourself? Like legitimately? Oh, yeah. Were you like, wow, I, I did that. I overcame like this fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, like everyone says that there are some moments that, def- some f- f- small moments that define your life. And that is absolutely that's a, incredible. Defi- a defining moment That's in amazing. Life. Yeah. And they called me back, you know, later that week and offered me a spot. And I was the president of the group the following year. I that's mean, wild yeah like we we joke about it all the time and you know because you you're you're proud of it and you mention it and you know i joke about it with you but like in all seriousness like it's such a cool thing especially hearing that part of it of like you legitimately had to overcome a fear to go into that room and not only do you overcome that fear you end up running the organization that yeah. you're afraid to audition for that's incredible mm-hmm. um so I have to ask also, did that stage fright ever go away or did you just learn to manage it better? And if it did go away, at what point in time did that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think that the answer is honestly, it hasn't gone away. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, you mask it well. Like, yeah, it, you, you, you do a good job with that. Well, what I do is I find reasons to not be nervous or to, yeah. to convince myself that I can overcome it. When I first, my first live performance um, one of my first solos was Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Good song. Damn good song. And we did a like we just walked through campus and sang it. Oh wow. And that's cool. It was like at night or like yeah. evening. And so I, I mean I again like the nerves were starting to come over me and For I sure. was freaking out. But th- that like right before we started, I realized if I fall apart, it makes everyone else look bad. Yeah. So and like that I sense can't of responsibility. Make, yeah. yeah. I can't be the reason everyone else looks bad. Yeah. So I don't care. You know, I told myself, I don't care how scared you are. I don't care if you're nervous. You're not going to be. Yeah. You have no other option. You know? Wow. And fight or flight and you decide to fight. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not like it's, you know, um, 
it's not like it's, you know, like literally like fighting a war or anything like that, but so many people have like public speaking anxiety and it's Absolutely. like, that's what really helped me. And, and it's actually interesting because I, you know, I'll sing in a group still, no nerves because, or, or you know, if I'm acting and I, yeah. I do musical theater now yeah. and if I'm on stage there, no nerves yeah. because I know that I, I will not be the reason that other people look bad. Yeah. But the like, whole is more important than your individual. Yes. Yeah. But like if I go to the bar and I sing karaoke, I get terrified. Really? Because there's no one there but me. Yeah, it's it's all on you. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like that stage fright never really went away. Yeah. But I've I've learned that like if I don't, you know, if if I if I can overcome this, then I can help everyone else out too. And you know, whether that's giving a speech or a presentation at at a job or at a, at an interview or singing at a wedding, you know, because I've sang at some weddings and stuff like that too. And it's like, you know, there's there's something more important going on than just me being nervous. So for everybody out there listening, um, that legitimately is like an inspirational thing to hear. And I hope people can take something away from that. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that scare us in the world. And there's a lot of things that give us anxiety and put us on edge. Um, but thinking about the kind of greater good and thinking about, you know, your respect and appreciation for others and how you want the group as a whole to be better and knowing your that your role is important, but it's just an individual role, you know, and all the individuals make up the whole. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, and I hope somebody can get something out of that. Um, I am extremely comfortable in front of people. Mm-hmm. I've acted and stuff. I did. The scariest thing I've ever done is I did improv. Um, and, you know, really, I, when did you do improv? Uh, I did improv, uh, back in, uh, like community theater stuff I've done improv with. Um, and then I did, um, I did improv like, uh, college and then outside of, of college. Um, you know, it, it's just something that I've always really enjoyed. Um, and I think the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because it scared me, um, you know, theater is not scary to me at all. Um, doing a presentation at work in front of people is not scary to me at all. Uh, that feels very normal. Um, it feels very almost relaxing. Like if I'm in my office all day, then I get to give a presentation. I'm like, I get excited about it. Um, that's just cause you like to talk. Yeah. I love to hear myself. I mean, I have a <laughs> podcast. What do you expect? Yeah. Um, but improv is the scariest thing in the world because you know, you can have your, you know, your set thoughts and ideas and stuff like that. But when you go out there, if you, yeah. you know, pull the audience or do so, I mean, you can just get thrown curveball after curveball and you have yeah. no idea what's coming, what you're going to say, how you're going to react. That is scary. And for me, I like to push myself. I like to kind of challenge myself with things that scare me. Um, doing this is kind of scary because like it, it, you're on my podcast, right? So like it falls on me to make sure this sounds good, that the mics are set up, that the audio interface is good, that the levels are good. Like it's Mm -hmm. not your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Um, you know, and then when I started doing like the YouTube stuff, it was like, okay, I'm interviewing people. I'm having conversations with people. Like I got to ask questions and I have to keep things moving along and like it's responsibility and that kind of scares me, but I like that. Um, and even though I'm, I, I feel very confident getting in front of people and doing presentations and stuff like that, you know, in a room of 500 people or whatever, I don't get nervous about that. There's always that little twinge right before you go on, mm-hmm. right before you step out in front of a group, right before you pick up that microphone or whatever it is, there's that little thing that's like, 
Ooh, okay. I'm about to do this. Like everybody is looking at me and waiting for me to speak. Everybody is staring at me. And there's a real sense of like responsibility for that. Um, so I definitely get that. And cause that's how I think about it as a whole of like, well, what I'm doing is affecting my job and my yeah. work and you know, the place as a whole. So I got to do a good job because mm-hmm. it affects everybody. So, um, but that's amazing to hear, you know, your kind of experience with that. And not only do you overcome that, you, you become like the president of the, of the group that you yeah. were afraid to like audition for. So yeah. I, um, I think it's also, you know, in a lot of ways, it's also just you doing it for yourself too, not, because you're selfish but it's yeah bit like i also know how hard i worked yeah to like sure. get to that point yeah and so you know there are times or there were times and i mean there still are where like i can't i can't fall short because of something like that yeah absolutely so you know if i know you know like uh part of my mission when i was the president of that group was like you know the director and i you know we we wanted to make it immortal so we we recorded you know cds and albums you know we recorded records and um like i you know i I negotiated deals to like have us perform in like historical theaters like the akron civic theater and ej thomas hall and it was like i never even got to like reap the benefits of some of those yeah but it was also like that that we're setting up for the future yeah Yeah. you know i like this is something i can do and i don't think of myself very like magnanimously but yeah i definitely you know you can see those opportunities and like for sure you can't you can't just you know you can't let it go yeah you can't let it pass yeah that's that's why i do a lot of the stuff that i do now it's like well i see a window and most people are either too afraid to climb through that window or even open it or even look out of it um and it's Mm -hmm. like you know what no I'm, i'm gonna take every chance and maybe i'll fall flat on my face but i'll never have to wonder or i'll never have to worry you know and for you you know i'm just thinking about that story of like you know, what if those people said, hey, are you interested in singing? And you're like, yeah, I like singing, but like, I'm not doing I'm that not, crap. Yeah. Forget that. I mean, this is a major part of your life. This is something mm-hmm. you have incredible memories from that you've made friendships from uh, that you've been, you know, it, it sounds grand, but like immortalized because like it's on Spotify, like it's mm-hmm. out there. People yeah. can listen to it. Yeah. And it's something that you were a part of and not just with the actual singing, but the changing of the direction and how the group went and where they performed. And like you were a major part of that. And yeah. it's because you said, I'm not going to let this fear win. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it conquer me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it, it really is like to like, and, and to, to bring it full circle, it's almost like you, t- you taking opportunities like that. They, again, they, they define who you are, but I mean, like I have my best memories from that group because I just decided to take the risk and just yeah. say, sure, F it. Yeah. I'm just going to audition even if I don't take it. And it's like, now I look back and like, I developed so much confidence from yeah. that. And I, the, the director, um, Zach, he, it, he's like my best, one of my best friends of all time. And it's, his cousin is my fiance. Now I met at his like bachelor bachelorette party. Yeah. And like, you know, now he's my best man. And it's like, you took that one yeah. chance and it has set you up for like where you are in your life right now. Yeah. And I think that like, it, I have a, you know, I, I think that when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to look back and I'm going to be able to identify things like that. Yeah. I mean, like literally like auditioning for nuance. I, as, as weird as it sounds like starting D and D like gave me the confidence to write and yeah. to like, you know, get more involved with that or get involved in musical theater. Help me get, get into acting, which I'm like, you know, like I'm doing now behind the camera, not just yeah, on stage. Absolutely. 
And, you know, like, it's all just because, like, I, I, I didn't, I've never once thought, I am a damn good actor. Or, I am a damn good singer. But, like, I mean, now I'm, I'm a published recording artist on Spotify, iTunes, yeah, and several other you know, sure. locations. I'm, I'm an actor in award, you know, award-winning films. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you know, like, I've never thought of, you know, I've never f- saw that coming. Yeah. Just because I just decided to push myself. Taking chances. I, I think... Uh, I think that's a really good way to kind of wrap up this like conversation. Um, and, and I'm hoping that people out there listening to this are, if you're nervous about something, if you're worried about something, take a chance, take a risk. It has led me down so many incredible paths. Um, it is clearly, you just heard kind of part of just a small piece of Brandon's story and it's led him down like an amazing path. So push yourself, take chance, takes risks. Um, and I just want to say, uh, I'm going to do a really fun little rapid fire Q&A, which oh, okay. you're, you're giving me the eyes because I didn't tell you about this beforehand, I'm, did I'm I? Ready. No. Um, but um, before we do that, um, in all seriousness, thank you so much for, for coming on here and talking about this. I learned some new things about you I didn't know, which is really cool. Um, and I'm hoping that people listening out there, um, you know, found some, you know, some inspiration and in, in kind of you talking about overcoming things that you were afraid of and, and how you it's not gone. You continuously push yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's, what's really important. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, all right. Rapid fire Q and a, <laughs> just a couple right. questions. Okay. Uh, you can see, I have no notes in front of me. Nothing. Yeah. This is off the top of my head. Um, so question number one, I asked this a lot on my YouTube. Um, but what is your favorite late night snack or junk food? Uh, chips and salsa in bed. What with a glass of milk? What? <laughs> Wait, did you just say a glass of milk? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh wait you're one of those people that drinks like a full glass of milk oh dude yeah any chance you give me oh no yeah all right well i've derailed wait, the whole chip? q a <laughs> i'm gonna delete this conversation immediately i'm not posting this um no, not chips and salsa with a glass of milk anything with a glass of milk honestly wow. but chips and salsa just like uh i don't know man it's just like a little bit of zing comfort food yeah makes you feel good yeah. all right well now that you mentioned milk um what is your favorite cereal oh my gosh uh gotta pick one just one uh uh cinnamon toast crunch oh so good yeah i've stopped eating cereal um for like carb purposes but like i'm that's one of the ones i miss i oh miss cinnamon toast crunch yes. i feel you on that one all right now we're back on track now okay. we're good <laughs> um and now i'm gonna post the conversation <laughs> um but uh I, I know you've you've done the whole disney thing you're, you're mm-hmm. universal you're a lover of it but besides that dream vacation um uh Back to Australia. I've been to. I went to Australia once when I was in high school, yeah. and it was just super cool. I'd Where did you go? The, uh, did you go to Sydney? Holy's Coast, um, Sydney, oh, Melbourne, nice. Cairns. Wow. Um, snorkeled in the Great Barrier Reef, which probably isn't there <laughs> by now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like back away from the microphone, <laughs> which uh, probably doesn't exist anymore. Um, had a good run. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, just like it was so cool. Yeah, and that's um, amazing. They just I, I have such a cool yeah, culture. Yeah, I would love to go. Like yeah, it's not awesome. like you know, it's not like ancient like greece or anything like yeah. that but like they're just cool people yeah that's awesome um what are things that uh you know i always ask when to get to the the heart of things what are things that make you sad um man that's a deep cut yeah. um i your curveball the i think that even though we've been talking a lot about taking risks and kind of pushing past what you're afraid of or what you think you you know 
you can't do or what you've never envisioned yourself doing, I think that there's always a fear of being just inadequate yeah. um, to yourself, you know, maybe never really, really achieving your potential, um, being there always for the ones you love. And I think that, um, I don't know. And I think that that's inevitable because nobody's perfect. Um, but, you know, that makes me sad. Yeah. And sad movies. And sad movies. Sad songs. Yeah. All the sad things. Um, what makes you happy? My fiance. Yeah, you're a fan of her. Mm-hmm. I, I hear and see and obviously I've met Mackenzie. She's lovely. Shout out Mackenzie. Yes. Um, but it's yeah, it's clear how much of a fan you are of her. I like her. I like uh Chips and Salsa in bed with milk, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. I like si- I just like singing and, and listening to music yeah. and um I don't know. You got that creative mind. You you like creative things. Like I like what, creating. Yeah, yeah. You like creating. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then last question. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, man, <laughs> this is so much deeper than I thought that like this would ever get. That's um, why I started with favorite snack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say... Um, you're going to mess up, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because I think that even despite what I've been talking about, there were a lot of times when I was paralyzed by fear and I don't regret anything because it brought me here. Um, and I'm very happy with my life, Yeah, but, uh, I think that younger Brandon was terrified of a lot and a lot of messing up. And I think that if I could just get that across to my younger self, and just tell myself that it would, it's going to be okay. You're going to mess up, yeah. but it's going to be okay. That would be, that'd be nice. One incredible thing I've discovered through doing this um, is I've probably asked like 10 different channels, Instagrams, YouTubes, individual humans, whatever, that exact question. I always ended on that question. And everybody in a roundabout in a different way says almost the same thing. Mistakes are going to happen. You're going to mess up. Things are going to go south. But like, it's going to be okay. Like push through, keep fighting. Yeah. That it's, it's going to be okay. And like mistakes are how you learn. It's how you become better. So, um, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Um, and, and I appreciate you kind of opening up and talking about the fun things and the weird things like milk and chips and salsa. That one's not (laughs) going to escape me for a while. Um, but I, I think for me, what I learned about you, I always try to learn something from interactions with people, um, is just a really cool sense of, you know, be who you are and embrace who you are and push yourself. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid because it, in a roundabout way, like it has led you to being with Mackenzie, who, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be marrying soon, right? And yeah. it's coming up pretty soon, yeah. right? Two months and a week. What? I'm officiating it. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. Um, I'm not. Um, (laughs) I will just be there whether he wants me there or not. Um, (laughs) No, but like, you know, you taking the risks that you have have led to really amazing life altering in positive way changes in your life. So, um, you know, for everybody listening out there, I hope that you got something from this podcast. I, I, you know, hope that it's encouraging to you and being who you are and believing in yourself. Um, It's so important. Um, and yeah, if you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out and I'll relay them to Brandon and let you know. 
Um, if you're wondering what kind of milk he likes to drink, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not asking that, but, um, but no, thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. So for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, if you're returning, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I will see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.